the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Praise the Lord and happy Lord's Day. Welcome to this new Lord's Day. It is Sunday and we are ready to start the Gypsy Christian Hour. I'm so glad you could join us tonight. And as always, we want to start in prayer. So would you pray for this next hour that you would that the Lord would just have his way into the he would show his power in the next hour uh, in prayer and in his word. So Father, we thank you. Lord, we need you. We need your grace, we need your mercy. We need your favor. We need all, all that you have for us, Lord. And I thank you for this hour. I thank you for the time you give us to come into your presence, to seek you in prayer, to seek you in your word. And I pray for each and every listener tonight, Lord. Lord, that there would be a special blessing, a special anointing upon each and every listener today. That, Lord, the, the, that the Holy Spirit would just fill this place and everywhere these, this radio station goes, Lord. Lord, that you would fill homes and cars and hospitals and prisons, Lord, wherever we're heard. I just pray, Lord, that you, that you would do all that you desire to do for your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm glad you could join us. You are listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour. I'm your host, Sam Nicholas, and we'll be here for the next hour taking your calls and talking about the Bible, just seeking God in prayer. So if you need prayer, if you know somebody who needs prayer, if you want to stand in the gap and pray for your loved ones, pray for, for someone you know who's ill or sick or going through a hard time, who's addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever, we want to pray. We want to pray because prayer, God answers prayer. God tells us to pray. God calls us to pray. He calls us before his throne of grace. He calls us into his throne room where he says we can come confidently and receive help in time of trouble. But especially, he tells us not to fear, but to come to him. He tells us in Philippians, the fourth chapter and the fifth verse, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, if you want the peace of God, throw out your anxiousness, throw out your fear, and come confidently to the throne of grace. God's throne of grace. Jesus. Jesus is praying for you right now. And he wants you to come to him and pray and seek him. So, if you need prayer, if you know somebody who needs prayer, if you want to stand in that gap, and we're going to stand in the gap in just a few minutes, in a second, because we've got some people we need to pray for. Call in. The number is 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552 for the live on-the-air calls. If you need prayer, if you know somebody who needs prayer, there's something in your life, there's something going on right now that you need to just... You need the Lord to make a change. You need the Lord to do something. Well, let's bring it to him. Make your request known unto God. Pick up the phone and let's pray. It's 
995-5552 for the live on your calls for your prayer requests. Also, for your questions, if you have a question about Christianity, a question about doctrine, theology, a doctrine about a question about world religions, whatever's on your mind tonight, the cults, the occult, whatever's on your mind tonight, let's search the Word of God. Let's search the Scriptures and see where the answer is to your question. So, again, for your prayer requests, your questions, if you... Uh, have a topic you want to bring up, or if you've got a praise report that you want to share, I encourage you to call in. Call in and get your call in early. We want to get to all the calls, and we especially want to get to our subject tonight. It's 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552. And I mentioned that we want to get to our subject tonight. We're going to be talking about hypergrace tonight. Uh, I want to get to... Uh, what is the truth about hypergrace? Uh, there's a new uh, emerging doctrine uh, that's becoming popular. So this is this is becoming popular. It's taking on a life of its own. I can see, and it's uh, it's on television. It's on YouTube. Uh, so uh, this this thing about hypergrace. What is hypergrace? Uh, it's a false doctrine. I can tell you that right now. So keep listening. We're going to talk about hypergrace in a little while, and what's and and what it's all about, and 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 let's get to the truth about it. Uh, and if you're interested, call somebody and let them know that we're going to talk about hypergrace. I know it's a hot topic right now, but we want to see what is the truth about hypergrace. Uh, so call in tonight with your questions and with your praise reports and with your uh, prayer requests. The number is eight eight eight. Nine nine five fifty five fifty two. That's eight 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 nine nine five KKLA. Uh, we want to pray for Pastor Safka. He is home from the hospital, uh, and he's starting. Uh, he has started uh, his uh, immunotherapy. He started radiation. So we're just praying uh, that the Lord will heal him. That the Lord will give him strength. He's in a lot of pain. So we want to pray that the Lord would ease his pain, and that. Uh, that, that that he would just touch him and uh, with a miraculous touch of the Holy Spirit. So we want to pray for Pastor Safka. We also want to keep uh, Bossy's family in prayer. Bossy went home to be with the Lord. Uh, Danny Leo and his family, Pastor Frankie, and uh, producer JJ. We want to pray for Josh. Uh, he's having some uh, health issues, and we want to keep uh, Josh uh, in prayer. So, Father, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord. And we bring our requests unto you, Lord. We bring our requests, we bring our needs, we bring our troubles, Lord, because you're the one who you're the one who makes a difference. You're the one, Lord, who has power. You're the only one who has the power to change lives, to change situations, to say change circumstances, to heal the sick, to raise the dead. So we just come before you on behalf of Pastor Salka and we ask, Lord, that you would heal him from cancer that you would heal him from pain, Lord, that you would give him your grace, that your favor would shine upon him, Lord. Lord, we pray for Bossy's family, for Danny Leo and his family. We pray for Pastor Frankie and his family, Lord, for their loss is heaven's gain. We know that uh, that, that Bossy's with you, Sylvia. Uh, we, we, we pray for, for, for uh, we, we know that Debbie's with you, Lord. But we pray for these family, Lord, we pray for these families as they suffer through the mourning, through the, the agony, the pain, Lord, of this, of the separation, Lord, of loved ones. You said you would comfort and you would give peace, Lord. So we just pray, Father, your grace, your peace upon them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for healing for Josh. Lord, he, your, your servant, though he's been here, Lord, serving you for many, many years, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would heal him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you need a prayer, if you need to bring something before the Lord, I encourage you to call in. Uh, we've got some open lines, and we encourage you to call in early to get your prayer requests in there, get your questions in, and let's talk. The number is 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552 for the live on-air calls. If you need prayer, or if you know somebody who needs prayer, if you have a question, something you want to ask about Christianity, doctrine, whatever, the number is 
888-528-2552. Now, as always, I just want to remind you, uh, if you haven't heard before, we have a prayer meeting on Friday nights. We get together to just fellowship with the Lord, praise Him and worship Him. So if you're looking for somewhere to make a connection with the Lord, if you're looking for somewhere to go on Friday nights, come to LA Gypsy Church. We're in Arcadia, and we get together every Friday night at 8 p.m. We're easy to get to. The address is 805 North 1st Avenue. That's 805 North 1st Avenue in the city of Arcadia every Friday night at 8 p.m. Right now, we're going through 2 Corinthians. We're going to be uh, finishing up 2 Corinthians, and we've got plans to, to go into the Old Testament and start reading into uh, uh, read about Esther and then maybe go into Genesis. So we've got the whole rest of the year planned out, and I think you would enjoy it. You know, it's a time of worship. It's a time of fellowship. It's a time of getting into God's Word. So I hope you'll consider coming out and visiting us and uh Coming out and being a part of the, the, the worship, the prayer meeting. It's 805 North 1st Avenue in the city of Arcadia. Easy to get to off the 210 freeway. Just come into Arcadia, get off in Santa Anita, go north one block to Foothill, make a right, go one more block to 1st Avenue, make another right, and you'll see us at the corner of Forest and 1st Avenue in the city of Arcadia. 8 o'clock Friday nights. That's 8 o'clock Friday nights, LA Gypsy Church in, in Arcadia. If you're looking for a place, a church to be uh, on Sundays, well, the Hills Church is there at 805 North 1st Avenue, Pastor Walter Hofflin, 10 a.m. So if you need a church, you're looking for a church, somewhere to be on Sunday mornings, uh, someplace to visit or someplace to make your home, come out uh, at 805 North 1st Avenue in the city of Arcadia at 10 a.m. So we've got services on Friday at 8 p.m., Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Come on out, 805 North 1st Avenue in the city of Arcadia. I'm happy to say that uh, uh, Josh has been working on our podcast page, and it's done again. We've changed uh, uh, servers. We went from SoundCloud to something called Omni.fm, uh, and uh, everything is up and running again, uh, and there's over 80 programs. So if you've missed a program or you want to catch up or you want to hear a previous program, uh, just go to kkla.com and go to the podcast page and you can visit us uh, and all the other programs that are archived there. Uh, David Jeremiah, John MacArthur, Greg Laurie, uh, Steve, uh, Steve Wilburn. There's a lot of great shows on the podcast page and we're part of them. And uh, we just wanted you to maybe visit, uh, maybe share the po uh, podcast page with somebody, let them know that we're around and... You know it's up and running, and you know every this this program will be recorded and put on within 24 hours. So, share the podcast page. Also, you can download the KKLA app, and you can hear us on your smartphone. You can hear us on the iPad. You don't have to be at a computer. You don't have to be at a radio. Uh, so, get the KKLA app at your Google Play or iTunes Store. It's a free app, and you'll enjoy it. With that, let's go to our first caller. Uh, number is 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552. I just remembered another prayer request. We need to pray for Mimi. So we pray for Mimi, Lord. Pray your protection. We pray, Lord, that your angels would guard over her, Lord, that you would take care of every situation, every circumstance that's going on right now, Lord. Lord, that you would protect her from any evil influence, any spiritual attack, Lord. I just pray, Father, that your grace, your mercy, your strength, and your power would be upon Mimi and her loved ones and her family and, and all those around her, Lord, that your perfect will would be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit says, uh, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance. I forgot that I had gotten a, uh, an email earlier this week from Mimi, and she was asking for prayer for some things that are going on. And I'm just thankful to the Holy Spirit for bringing that back to my rem remembrance. So let's go to the phone lines and let's go talk to Eddie. Hi, Eddie. You're on the Gypsy Christian Hour. How can we pray for you tonight? Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing? 
Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, I called you last week about what's this hypergrace? Right. About yep. And we're going to be talking about hypergrace tonight. Um, okay. Today I was at a a, a graduation service at a, a church uh-huh. over in Eagle Rock, and um, I was talking to some brothers. Uh, my and they study the words. You know, they know they get on YouTube. They know about hypergrace. They know about Joseph Prince. They know right. about. Um, I don't know if Joyce Meyer's into it, and Joel Osteen. Well, Joyce Meyer and Joel Osteen are known as though they're in the, they're into the prosperity gospel, uh, word faith uh, kind of the stuff. I mean, Joyce Meyer's been around for a really long time, and she's you know I've heard her say, uh, "Speak to your wallet and uh, say, oh, you beautiful wallet, you're so full of money.' You know, to speak positive confession and and the prosperity message." And Joel Osteen. Uh, his dad was very much into the prosperity with uh, prosperity yeah. gospel with uh, Paul Crouch and that crowd. And Joel Osteen has gone more to be, he's more motivational. He uh-huh. just wants you to feel good about yourself. And you know, he's, he's, uh, he's, yeah. he's, he's faith prosperity too, but he's not so much evident of it as Joyce Meyer, Kenneth Copeland, and uh, those types. Yes. Yeah, because um, we went to a service, and uh, this lady I knew, she went on to be with the Lord. She fought cancer for 25 years, mm-hmm. you know, and um, we were in the in the church, and the pastor, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for years, mm-hmm. and we were talking, and he was talking to the congregation before he did the altar call, and he had mentioned that her name was Lupi. She said, Lupi is in the presence of the Lord watching the funeral. Mm. Now, I was saying to myself, we just left this a while back, and I'm saying to myself, there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about that. No. In fact, it you says know? the exact opposite. In Ecclesiastics, right. it says that those yeah. uh, that the dead have no knowledge of, 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 of this life anymore. Yes. And also, um, he had mentioned the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And um, when he mentioned the rich man and Lazarus, I think that was a totally different thing. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. Uh, the rich man was enjoying the—I'm uh, sorry, the Lazarus was enjoying the benefits of being in the bosom of Abraham. Right. And uh, the rich man was suffering in hell. I mean, suffering in in in, in torment. Yeah. And and he still remembered his brothers, but he couldn't have any contact, and he couldn't see what his brothers were doing. He was telling right. he was telling Abraham, please send Lazarus to warn my brothers so they don't end up where I am. Yeah, yeah, because I know I know pastors are only human, you know, and mm-hmm. they make mistakes. But but also, well, you know, uh, that's not the first time I've heard that. You know, the, at a funeral by a pastor, you know, it's comforting and they like to say things like that, but it's just not biblical. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, also, um, he had also mentioned that you know she, she gave a lot of. Her and her husband gave a lot of the finances to the church. Mm-hmm. They were givers, and they were they always help people and this and that. They give to the church and things like that. But when they were bringing that up, I was saying to myself, the families, there's some family members that are unsafe, you know, and I think it bugged them. Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm saying I say, Lord, change this, <laughs> change this. Yeah, I got you. Well, yeah, so well, did you have a, did you have a question about hyper grace, or did you just did you need a prayer request? So, what can we do for uh, you tonight? Uh, yeah, for hyper grace, um, how, how did it start? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about tonight uh, while while I'm on the air. But hyper grace promotes um, grace in such a way that all of your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. And yeah. since all of your sins are forgiven. Uh, there's no need to confess your sins anymore. There's, um, there's no need to worry about uh, sin or repentance because it's already it's already under the grace, the mercy. It's already under the blood of Jesus Christ. So there's no reason to confess your sins. There's no reason to repent from sin. Uh, you know, you live under grace, the grace of God, the love of God, which is all fine and good. But 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 you're taking grace to a place that that the Bible does not teach. Uh, if you're teaching somebody that, that you don't have to repent, if you're teaching somebody that you don't have to confess your sins, well, the Bible teaches something different. We're going to talk about that tonight. But that essentially yeah. is what, what hyper-grace is all about. It takes the once-saved, always-saved doctrine to a new plane. 
to somewhere where it gives such a license for sin. It gives such a uh, an openness of, of, I mean, blatant sinning. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's just like eternal security. Well, it's even well. Here's the thing: eternal security, the doctrine of eternal security, or or, or as Calvin coined it, perseverance of the saints. Okay, yeah. that's one thing. But then you take it to eternal security. You take it to once saved, always saved. Calvin never intended for it to become what it has become in a lot of churches. Perseverance of the saints means a real Christian, a true born-again Christian, he's going to fight the good fight. He's going to run the good race. He's going to persevere to the end. He's going to struggle with sin, but he's going to conquer sin. You know what I mean? That's perseverance of the saints. A true Christian will endure, will continue, will struggle, will just go all the way to the end, in God's salvation, in God's grace, in God's mercy, seeking righteousness and holiness, you know, right. that's the that's the the, the, the doctrine of, of, of perseverance of the saints. You know, the preaching of, of Jonathan Edwards, you know, I mean, he was hellfire and damnation, but he yeah. but there was grace. There was always grace. There was always the the hope uh, of Jesus Christ through the grace of God. But there has to be a desire for holiness. There has to be a desire for righteousness. There has to be a desire to live right before the Lord, to live in God's ordinances and his statutes. Yeah. You know, you can't just go out and, 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 and live any way you want right. and think that you're under grace. You yeah, can't. You That's that. what you one saved, see. always saved does. Yeah, because you don't see that no more. Everybody yeah. but, Better to do what they want. And, yep. and there's no, there's no, uh, because it's tickling the ears, and if you're going to tickle people's ears, you're going to get popular. And if you're going to get popular, you're want to going to keep, you're going to want to keep doing that. And now we have hyper grace, not just grace. We have hyper grace. So, yeah. so anyway. Okay, uh, I want to pray for the Rojo family because because Lupe's in, you know, she's home with the oh, Lord, but I want to pray for comfort for the family. Well, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the life of Lupe. We thank you for a life dedicated to you, serving you, Lord, and loving you. And we pray for the Rojo family, that even though their loss, uh, their separation, their their grief, their mourning, Lord, there is joy in heaven, Lord. There is, there is dancing and, and, and rejoicing for a saint who comes home. But, Lord, yeah. the ones who are left here are crying and they're grieving. But I pray that you would turn their tears and their grieving to joy. I pray, Lord, that you would give them peace and comfort, Lord, and that you would just sustain them, that you would just encourage them, and that the joy, Lord, in their heart would be for you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the Rojo family. I just pray your grace and your peace and your comfort upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Sam. Well, thanks a lot. God um, bless you, Eddie. I, uh, I want to see you and Frank at the men's gathering. Oh, we'll be there. I'll be yeah, there. I really want to talk to you guys. I really want to meet you guys. Well, well uh, look for me. We'll be there. Okay. God bless. Okay, let's go to the next call. And if you want to call in tonight, the number is 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552. If you need prayer, if you know somebody needs prayer, something you want to bring before the Lord, let's pray together. And then if you have a question uh, or a comment, call in tonight. It's 888-995-5552. Five 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 two. Let's go to our next caller, and we're going to talk to Vicky. Hi, Vicky. You're on the Gypsy Christian Hour. How can we help you tonight? Hi, Sam. Hi. I just want to say uh, thank you for speaking and teaching and spreading the gospel, and you're preaching and teaching sound doctrine. And I believe that everybody is being spiritually fed because that is what we need. But I want to ask you um, if you would explain two uh, scriptures, if you don't mind. Uh, I can hang up afterwards. That's okay. Well, you where do you want to go? Okay, I would like to go to uh, Numbers thirty-two and twenty-three. Numbers. Can, numbers. Thirty-two. Yeah, numbers thirty-two and twenty-three. Thirty-two, verse twenty-three, and that tells us this. Uh, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build yourself cities for your little ones and sheepfolds for your sheep, and do what you have promised. So what's your question, Vicki? My question is, uh, 
Lip, uh, it says, be sure that your sins will find you out. I just wanted you to comment on that, the first part of that scripture. Well, God is a God of righteousness and holiness, and he cannot tolerate sin. And, you know, uh, it, the, the Psalms tell us not to fret over the evils, the evildoers who seem to be succeeding or, or are succeeding, uh, because their, 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 their sins will, they will be judged. And God is saying here, you know, that all sin, you know, Jesus said that all sin will be judged, that God will reveal all things, that God shines the light. So God cannot tolerate, nor can he look at sin, and sin has to be judged. Why? Because he is a holy God, he is a just God, and he must judge sin. So uh, even though uh, uh, God allows men to continue in their sin, it's God's grace, giving them a chance yeah. to, to, to repent, giving them a chance to come to God. No one will stand before God and say, well, you didn't give me a chance to repent. You didn't give me a chance to come to you. No, God gives more than more than we deserve. He gives chance after chance after chance. The, 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 the working power of the, the, the convicting Holy Spirit, he's always convicting men. He's always convicting us of our sin. He's always working at our conscience. But we're stubborn. Men are stubborn. People are stubborn, and they don't want to give up the sin. But that sin will eventually come out. That sin will not hide forever. That sin will not be in the darkness forever because God shines his light into every life. And that sin will be judged eventually. So we, 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 we see this and we know this because God is a God of his word. and He's a just God and he will judge all sinners. And he will judge the wicked. You know, the wicked will not be successful. The, 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 the evil that man does will not last forever. God will bring judgment on this earth and in eternity also. Does that make sense, Vicki? Yes, sir. Uh, one more sound, if you don't mind. It says First uh, Corinthians 11 and 31. Uh, I'll read it to you. Okay. And to everyone that's listening, it says, But if we were more discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Mm. I believe that this pretty much goes hand in hand with what you just read. I, and then it says, But if we judge ourselves truly... We would not be judged. Yeah, I like the way the, the NASB yeah. says. It says, if we judge ourselves rightly. You know, yes. you know. a lot of times today you hear, uh, don't judge. You can't judge. The Bible doesn't teach to judge. Well, that's so wrong. The Bible teaches us to judge, but to judge rightly, not to judge hypocritically or self-righteously. That's what the Bible teaches. Don't judge uh, self-righteously. Don't don't judge hypocritically. You know, Jesus was more severe on the Pharisees and the Sadducees than he was on the tax collectors and 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 and, and, and other people that were that were so evil in the in the eyes of the Jews. He 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 sat with sinners, but he wouldn't sit with the he wouldn't eat, he wouldn't go to the religious. He wouldn't hang out with the religious because they were such hypocrites. They were they were breaking the law while they were encouraging and judging the the people who 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 weren't keeping the law. So, you know, uh, so we need to judge, but we need to judge rightly, and we first need to judge ourselves. You know, we first have to look in the mirror and judge ourselves, judge our own hearts, and see what the Lord wants to change in us, see what we need to surrender to the Lord, see what we need to confess to the Lord, see what we need to lay at the feet of Jesus, at the cross of Jesus. So we judge ourselves first, and we judge ourselves rightly, not the... Uh, yeah. Okay, um, wait, okay, the hyper grace, is that still H-Y-P-E-R? Yes, H-Y-P-E-R and then G-R-A-C-E. Okay, here's something that I want you to know, and then I'll hang up, and everyone that's listening. The great deception of the 21st century at a time when the church needs an urgent wake-up call and a fresh <coughs> encounter with Jesus, the hyper grace message is luring many sleep. I just want to share that. Well, thank I'm you. I'm really going to talk about it. I'm glad that you Thank are. you, Vicki. Appreciate your call. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. Good night. Well, praise the Lord. Well, we're just about halfway through the program. If you want to call in, uh, I'll take a couple more calls if you, if, if, if you want to get in. It's 888-995-5552 for the live on-air calls. If you need, if you need 
prayer. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're talking about grace. If you need prayer, if you know somebody needs prayer, if you want to ask a question, let's pray. Let's seek the Lord in his word. The number is 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-5552 for the live on-air calls for prayer requests, Bible questions, topics, whatever's on your mind tonight. 888-995-5552. Let's go back to the phone lines and we're going to talk to Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah, you're on the Gypsy Christian Hour. Hey, Sammy. How you doing? Happy Lord's Day. How you doing? Doing okay. Happy Lord's Day. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, let me ask you a question, Sammy. Okay. Does it say in the Bible because the days will get shortened because the petty little time will develop and all? Well, it doesn't say literally that the t- that the days are going to grow short. What it means when it says the days will grow short is mean you're getting closer to the time of the rapture or closer to the time of the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, the days will grow short. It's not a literal uh, sense that the the 24-hour days are going to get shorter, no. No, because look at this month went so fast, and like, where did it go at? Well, yeah, it seems as we get older, time goes by faster, but that's just an illusion. It's just the way it's just the way we see it, the way we judge it. You know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, seven, eight years old, it seemed like a lifetime before Christmas came around. It seemed so long before Christmas came around. The year just went on and on and on, and I wanted to get to Christmas. I wanted to get to my birthday, but it seemed so long. Now. It seems like you turn around and Christmas is here again. I mean, here it is. Oh yeah, Christmas is here. Sam. Yeah. it's going to be here in four months. Yeah, that's what you know. But, but I'm saying it doesn't seem that long ago that like we just had Christmas. The, it seems like the time goes by faster, but it doesn't. Uh, you know, there's still uh, 60 minutes in an hour and 24 hours in a day and 365 days in the year. Okay. Now I had another question. Can I ask you another question? Sure. Okay, let me ask you. If you ready, if if you already asked your forgiveness from God for that sin, let me ask you, could he still judge you for that sin again or no? God judges sin, period. He's going to judge it uh, either uh, by sending someone, allowing somebody to go to hell, or he's going to judge it under the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing, Jeremiah. We need to repent from sin. And that doesn't mean just feeling sorry about sin. It means changing your mind about sin, changing your direction from sin. Instead of going towards that sin, towards that temptation and committing sin, it means turning around from that sin and walking away from it so that yeah, God can make the change. Right, he doesn't want you in that area again. Now, does that mean that we don't struggle with the same sin? There's a lot of people, a lot of us who struggle with the same sin over and over again. But God is working. God is me. you know, there should be every time you come to God for that sin, there should be a, 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 a strength, a power that you receive to overcome that sin. You know, how many times can a Christian come back to God for the same sin and there not to be for there not to be a change? There has to be a change. You you, you can't feel good about coming to God over and over again about the same sin. You have to make a change. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in your life. There has to be a surrender of that sin to God. Well, let me ask you a question. Could he send you to hell for the same sin or no? No, see, here's the thing, Jeremiah. People don't go to hell because of sin. People go to hell because they haven't received forgiveness. They haven't received salvation. If you're born again, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. See, that's what that's what ends that's what sends a person to hell. That's the judgment of God, whether or not you received salvation. Now, a person who receives salvation, they are saved. They are righteous through the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ, but they still need to be sanctified. We still need to be sanctified from sin, and that's a working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay, well, maybe you could do me one favor. Could you pray for me for God to take the struggle, the sin out of my life? and, do, and Lord, I pray for Jeremiah right now, Lord. Lord, you know the struggle that he's going through, Lord. 
you know what he struggles with and you know what he needs. He needs an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. He needs the strength and the power that only you can give him, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that as he is tempted, Lord, that he will turn to you. As he's tempted, Lord, he'll confess it to you. Before he commits that sin, Lord, before he struggles with the sin, Lord, I pray that he would have victory over that sin through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I know, Lord, I know that you're the God who forgives us. I know you're the God who gives us grace, but I also know you're the God who gives us power, and you give us the way of escape. I pray, Lord, that you would bring to Jeremiah's mind, every time he's tempted, the way of escape, and that's prayer, reading your Bible, that's talking to somebody, that's that's reaching out for help. So I just pray, Lord, that you would minister to Jeremiah, and that you would free him, Lord, from the struggle in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And I have one more question. <clears throat> All right, make it quick, Jeremiah. I know. Let me ask you something. Like, let me ask you, when God does judges, are we all going to be together in one room, everybody, or no? That I, don't, that I don't know. I know that there's, there's a great white throne judgment for the unbelievers. There's the Bema seat uh, 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 judgment for the believers for, for, for rewards. I don't know if we're all together, but we'll see. It doesn't, you know, if, believe me, believe me, if you're at the beam of seat of Christ, you know, <clears throat> you're not worried. You're in joy. You're, you're enjoying the presence of Jesus Christ. So don't worry about it. If you're saved. The white judgment is for the people who don't who rejected him. The right, the great white throne judgment are for unbelievers. Okay, no, Jeremiah? I'm not an unbeliever. Okay, okay, God bless you, family, house pastor. God bless again. you. We're doing, he's, he, he's, he's. He's uh, enduring the pain, and he's going through a lot. But So keep Pastor Safka in prayer. Yeah, I will pray for him. God bless okay. you. Happy Lord's Day. Thank you very much. God bless you, Jeremiah. Again, the number is 888-995-5552 for the prayer line, for your questions. But I think we're going to go to, to the, the message tonight. And the message is about hypergrace, or the truth about hypergrace. Hypergrace is really becoming popular because it's an ear tickler. Uh, who wouldn't want to believe in hypergrace? Who wa- wouldn't want to believe that it doesn't matter? Your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, automatically because of, the, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Who wouldn't want to eliminate the need for repentance, the need for confession? Of course, it's, it's, it's pleasing to the flesh. It's an ear tickler. You know, Joseph Prince has already been mentioned once tonight. Joseph Prince seems to be the, 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 the most vocal, the most prominent uh, preacher of hypergrace. But hypergrace is a false doctrine. You will not find these teachings in the Bible. But let me start by saying this. I believe in grace. I believe in the grace of God. I believe in the grace of Jesus Christ. I believe in grace. I believe that... God has saved us through Jesus Christ. I believe in the grace of God through Jesus Christ as taught in Scripture, as the Bible teaches. I believe in God, I believe in grace as the Bible teaches us. The question is, what does the Bible teach us about grace? First of all, grace is God's unmerited favor. It's unmerited means you don't deserve it. Favor means holding something in high regard. We do not deserve God's high regard. God regards us highly. He cherishes us. We are precious in the sight of God, and we don't deserve it. We're all sinners. You can't earn God's grace. You can't work for God's favor. You can't be good enough to deserve grace, to deserve his favor. It's impossible. Scripture tells us in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. No one can boast. No one can say, look at me. I lived a great life. I lived a holy life. I lived a righteous life. I deserve to go to heaven. Nobody can say that. It's only by God's grace, his unmerited favor. 
And it's not by your works. You can't do anything. You can't go to church enough. You can't read enough. You can't pray enough. You can't be good enough to get to heaven. It's only through his grace and forgiveness. Only. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. Not by works. It is the gift of God. That's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Memorize it. Put it in your heart. Meditate on it. Appreciate God's grace, his unmerited favor, his high regard for you, his love for you. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace, through the redemption of Jesus Christ. It's by his work on the cross, by his sacrifice. Grace is a gift and a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's only through grace, the gift of God, by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, that we have eternal life. Only through the cross, only through his sacrifice, only, only, only. There's nothing we can do there's nothing we can do. So if somebody tells you, Sammy Nicholas says it's by works. No, it's not by works. There's nothing that you can do that can save you. It's what God has done that saves you. Jesus Christ suffered the most horrible torture and death that anyone could have ever suffered. He paid the debt that we could not pay. He bore the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future. He bore our sins upon himself. He who knew no sin became sin for us. So yes, I believe in grace. I believe in the forgiveness of God. I don't believe in works. You can't work for salvation. But God creates works in you from salvation. You haven't been saved by works. You have been saved for good works. And that's another subject we can talk about some other time. But what does the Bible teach about grace? I just mentioned so many, uh, two or three scriptures about grace. And there are so many more. But I just mentioned a couple of them. Now, to describe what is hypergrace, well, we can't go to the Bible because the Bible doesn't teach hypergrace. But you know something? I found something <clears throat> on the internet, and it's from a website called Got Questions. And I really liked the way they uh, answered the question of what is hypergrace. So I'd like to share that with you. The term hypergrace has been used to describe a new wave of teaching that emphasizes the grace of God, to the exclusion, listen to that, to the exclusion of other vital teachings such as repentance and confession of sin. So hyper-grace so emphasizes, so talks about grace to the extent that it puts away, it eliminates repentance and confession from from the life of the believer. You don't have to repent. You don't have to confess. Hypergrace teaches teachers maintain that all sin, past, present, and future, has already been forgiven. So there is no need for a believer to ever confess it. So that's what the hypergrace teachers are teaching. Why confess your sins? Why repent from your sins? Because they've already been forgiven. So it's like unnecessary. You don't have to worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't even mention it. Literally, don't even mention it. Don't repent from it. Don't think about it. Just continue doing what you're doing. You know, essentially they're saying, go ahead and sin. They're giving you a license to sin because God knew you were going to sin and he forgave you for it already. Let's go on. Uh, hyper grace 
teachings says that when God looks at us, he only sees a holy and righteous people. The conclusion of hypergrace teaching is that we are not bound by Jesus' teachings, even as we are not under the law. So they're saying we're not, we're not bound by the teaching of Jesus Christ in the Bible. The same way we're not bound to the, laws of, to, the, to the law of the Old Testament, we're not bound by the sayings of Jesus in the New Testament. That believers are not responsible for their sin. It's not your fault. It's not, fault, it's, it's not your fault that you sin. And that anyone who dis- disagrees is a parasitical legalist. Wow, what a, what a word. Parasitical. P- parasite. Someone who, something who feeds, that feeds on something else. You're a parasitical legalist if you disagree with hypergrace. In short, hypergrace teachers pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality. Look up Jude one four. It's a it's a it's a license for immorality, and they flirt with antinomianism. Jesus's words to the seven churches is very different. Jesus' words to the seven churches in the book of Revelation strongly contradict the idea that Christians never need to repent. To the church at Ephesus, Jesus said, consider how far you have fallen. How can a Christian fall if they don't need to repent? If their sins have already been forgiven, past, present, future, if they don't need to confess or repent, why is Jesus telling the churches of Ephesus that they have fallen? Consider how far you have fallen. Look at this. The next word is repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from his place. Now, if you don't believe me, and I tell you, don't believe me, go to Revelation yourself. Be a Berean. Check out what Sammy Nicholas is saying against the Bible. Read Revelation 2.4. Jesus rebukes the church at Ephesus and says, consider how far you have fallen. He tells them to repent. So if he's telling them to repent, why are these other teachers telling you that you don't need to repent, that you don't need to confess your sins? Jesus didn't, didn't say, well, I think it's a good idea. No. He, he gave a command Repent, and if you don't repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from his place. Jesus rebukes five of the seven churches, and he demands repentance from them. That's Revelation, the second chapter, verses 4, verses 6, verses 20, then Revelation 3, 3, and then Revelation three fifteen through 19. Check out these scriptures. See what the Word of God says and compare it to what the hyper-grace teachers say. Far from believers being unaccountable for their sin, they must answer to Jesus for their disobedience. Look also at 2 Corinthians 5.10. I hope you're writing down these scriptures. I hope you're keeping me accountable. Preachers of hyper-grace doctrine discount or put away the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments as irrelevant. doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to the New Testament believers. They even teach that Jesus' words spoken before his resurrection are part of the Old Covenant and no longer applicable to born-again believers. But is this true? This article goes on. And it says, in Mark 13.31, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now remember, hypergrace teachers say, are saying <clears throat> that everything that Jesus said before his resurrection no longer apply to us as born-again believers. But Jesus himself says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, 
he promised that the Father would send the Holy Spirit who will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John fourteen twenty six. Now, if Jesus' words have become irrelevant, if Jesus' words are no longer applicable to believers, why would we need to be reminded of them? Why would he need to send the Holy Spirit to remind us of everything he has said while he was alive, while he was here on earth? He said, I will send you the Holy Spirit, and he will remind you of my words. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So if they're no longer applicable, if they're no longer relevant to us as Christians living here on this earth, why would he send us the Holy Spirit? To remind us of everything he's taught. Hypergrace teaching is a good example of mixing truth with error. An emphasis on the beauty and power of God's grace is good. It's good. But some teachers are neglecting what Paul calls the whole counsel of God. Acts 20.27. The whole counsel of God. Not just part of the counsel of God. Not, let's talk about grace, but let's leave, let's get, let's, Let's, let's throw out repentance and confession. Let's throw out righteousness and holiness, and let's just talk about grace. You know, Joel Olstein says he'll never talk about sin at his pulpit. He said there are, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of preachers out there that are preaching sin. I don't need to be one of them, he says. You won't hear him talking about sin. If you watch Joel Olstein, if you pay attention to him, he never talks about sin. He never brings it up. Hardly ever, ever quotes the the scriptures. Just wants to emphasize on having your best life now, living a good life, living a great life. But he's not preparing his flock for eternity. Hyper-grace preachers, they're not preparing their flock for eternity. They're giving their flock a false sense of security. And it's false. This is a false teaching and a false doctrine. Back to this article. An emphasis on the beauty and power of God's grace is good, but some teachers are neglecting what Paul called the whole counsel of God, Acts 20.27. For example, it is true that Christians have been forgiven by God. Yes, we've been forgiven. I believe that I'm living under grace, the grace of Jesus Christ. You're living under the grace. You've been forgiven. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. But, that doesn't mean we never need to confess our sin. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And you know, it says, If we are to confess our sins, <coughs> why would we need, if we are, let's, excuse me, if we are to confess our sins to each other, Why would we not need to confess them to God? Since every sin is ultimately a sin against God. You'll find that in Psalm 51.4. Also, John 1.9 gives clear instruction to believers about confessing sin. It begins with the word, if. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is a cause and effect type of thing. This is a cause and effect statement, implying that we cannot have the second without the first. As blood-bought children of God, we do not continue to conf- if we do not continue to confess our sin in order to be saved from hell. We confess and repent in order to reestablish an intimate relationship with our Father. Because let's face it, when you sin. There is a separation. When you sin, there's a separation from your from your fellowship with God, not with your position. You don't be, you you don't become a child of God and not not a child of God, and then become a child of God and not a child. No, no, no. You are a child of God. You belong to Jesus Christ, but your relationship changes according to the life you live. If you keep on sinning, you're gonna you're, you're gonna be convicted. You know that you've done something wrong. That relationship changes. That relationship shifts. You bring you 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 cause yourself to to fall from 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 God, from the intimate relationship to your position with God. 
you're going to feel far away from God. You're going to feel further away from God. So we confess and repent in order to reestablish our intimate relationship with our Father. We are positionally righteous, but we are practically sinful. To counter this argument, hypergrace preachers deny that John's letters were written to believers. Oh, that's so silly. However, 1 John 2.1 begins with this. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous One. John is clearly writing to believers. He's clearly writing to believers. He's writing to Christians whom he personally knows. He indicates that his believing friends may indeed sin and that they, when they do, they need to confess it. We need to confess our sins. We need to come to God and say, Lord, I messed up again and I need your forgiveness again. Hypergrace preachers also claim the Holy Spirit will never convict Christians of their sin. Now, mature Christians should recognize this fallacy right away. Every disciple of Christ has felt the overwhelming conviction of the Holy Spirit when he or she has sinned. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth, John 15, 26. Truth, by its very definition, will not tolerate anything false. When the Spirit of Truth abides in a believer in our hearts, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he brings conviction about anything that is not true. In summary, much of what the hyper-grace preachers teach is valid. We are indeed saved by grace, not by works. And God's grace is marvelous, great, and free. However, hyper-grace teaching is out of proportion to the rest of Scripture. Anytime one doctrine is emphasized to the exclusion of the rest, we fall into error because we fail to correctly handle the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 Jesus was full of both truth and grace. The two are in delicate balance. And a tip of either side can result in a false gospel. We must always compare any new teaching with the whole counsel of God and learn to disagree, learn to disregard anything that veers even slightly from the truth. My friends, the Bible tells us that in the end times, false teachers will rise up to lead God's children away from the truth. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but waiting, wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away from their, they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Acts 20, 28 says, Be on guard. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on alert, remembering that night and day, for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish you with tears. My friends, don't fall for the false teachers. Don't fall for these televangelists who say that you don't need to confess your sins and ask for forgiveness. Or that when you sin, your sins are automatically forgiven. No, we need to always be like the Bereans, who when they heard the message, they went to Scripture to check out if what Paul said lined up with the Word of God. Just because you see something on television... Just because you hear something on the radio, just because you know somebody on YouTube, doesn't make them true teachers. If they're teaching hyper-grace, if they're teaching these perverted doctrines, don't listen. Turn them off and turn to the truth. Turn to the Bible. Well, I have talked too much, and I have gone over my time limit. And the, the music is playing in the background, and we're out of time. So I hope you take these words to heart. I pray the Lord bless you. Please keep us in prayer. Keep Pastor Safka in prayer. And hopefully you'll be with us Friday night, and we'll be back here next Saturday night preaching the gospel and praying for the prayers. 
So join us next week. Join us this Friday. We'll be back, God willing. God bless you and good night. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.